The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I did want to t- just touch on SNC Lavalin for mm. a second. And I'll tell you the reason that we talked about it almost every day last week. And then on Friday, I didn't talk about it. It was a very busy show on Friday. And uh, so I didn't talk about it. And there was a few people who texted in. And I get... Uh, folks that not everybody gets to listen to four hours every day. So some people think, hey, you never mm. talked about SNC-Lavalin this week. Well, we talked about it every day but Friday. Um, and others saying, you've never really explained about these uh, deferred prosecution agreements, this kind of thing. I just thought I would hit some high points for you. Oh, we've ex- I know, explained I know. the DPAs a hundred times. I know. and uh, But I thought, you know, here's where we stand with this. So right now, Uh, members of the NDP and uh, conservatives are attempting to get the Judiciary Committee to to recall our former Attorney General, Jody uh, Wilson-Raybould. The reason being that uh, you've had the testimony now of uh, Gerald Butts and uh, who am I missing? Wernick, right? Twice Wernick. Right. And the the narrative from the Prime Minister and the Prime Minister's office is that jobs would have been lost uh, had... uh, if this prosecution, jobs will be lost, sorry, if this prosecution goes ahead against SNC-Lavalin. And what the members who are not liberal of the, the committee are saying is, that's simply a lie. So on that basis, they're asking for mm. her to come back and, um, and you know, basically rebut that statement. Uh, it's, so here's what I want to tell you. First of all, um, the liberal members of that Judiciary Committee outnumber That's right. uh, the NDP and Conservatives. So they blocked that. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, she's not coming back. Uh, number two, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer had asked previously for the RCMP to investigate, um, but the RCMP will not comment on an ongoing investigation. So there may be one or may not we be one. We don't know. Right. Uh, the Ethics Commissioner had announced an investigation last month, shortly after the allegations first came out in the Globe and Mail. But again, his office refuses to confirm whether or not an investigation is actually happening. So those are just some points. Um, on Friday, and I, I had it in front of me and just didn't get to it, but it was in our news that the federal court dismissed SNC-Lavalin's appeal for judicial review. So what they had done is they had gone to the high court to ask mm-hmm. for the decision not to be offered a deferred prosecution agreement to be overturned. And basically what the judge said is that's not within their... Um, purview to, yeah. to, to grant that unless something was done r- incorrectly um, that that's not their place to decide so they dismissed it uh, they didn't they didn't come to a finding they just simply said this is not something that should be seen this isn't what we do yeah we it's not what we do so we're not going to do it um, so that's kind of where we're at with this and then the other thing I think to maybe keep in mind um, is the question was asked last week when we had a member of the Judiciary Committee on this show, what is the mandate for your committee? And I think many people are waiting for the smoking gun or or whatever. There will be no smoking gun. This is not a committee which is going to determine whether there was a criminal act. It's not going to determine whether there was an unethical act and or anything else. It's supposed to be to simply shine a light upon something so that all of us as citizens can see what happened. About it. And, yeah, and make our own decisions. So that committee is not, it's not a court. They're not Yeah, they're moving. not making any decision. They're not, no. no. Nor will it overturn the decision not to offer this company that deferred prosecution yeah. agreement. It's not about that either. And then lastly, and then I will not talk of SNC-Lavalin again today, at least, I did get a text from an individual, and oftentimes I think if you get one, maybe it represents a yeah. hundred, I don't know saying that 
you know, we've never explained what a, what the point of a DPA is. And I know we have, but we'll do it one more time. You should know that SNC-Lavalin is actually facing a single charge of corruption and one charge of fraud. And this relates to Libya. So those are the charges before them. Uh, this relates to millions of dollars paid in bribes to get a contract in Libya. And it was done back in 2010 yep. or 11, right? Uh, it dates back quite a while. The idea behind a deferred prosecution agreement is that if the senior management of a company has done something wrong and should be held accountable, it shouldn't uh, affect the jobs of those under him that had nothing to do with it. So it's not an acquittal. It's, in fact, a form of confession. The yeah. company says, we did it. Yep. We and don't want to be prosecuted. Fines. Yeah, we'll pay a big fine and then we'll move on. But in order to qualify for it, you basically have to show a few things. You have to show that that the management has changed. No, that's no longer their philosophy. You have to show that this is not a, a pattern that's been going on in other areas. Mm -hmm. You have to show that moving forward it will never happen again. You have to show that they came forward themselves and admitted to it. It didn't meet any of that no. criteria. No. So again, my, in my humble opinion, uh, the Attorney General was right to not overrule the prosecutor's office when they said they didn't qualify yeah. for it. And that's what DPA. and that's what said all along is that they yeah. didn't qualify for right. it based on the uh, on on what was set out right. to get one. Yes. And then, you know, as far as how much pressure, what was appropriate and inappropriate, again, this Judiciary Committee is not going to come to a conclusion. They're not going to say we think there was this yeah. or what. It's it's simply to peel back the layers and let us all see what happened and make our own decision. And then this today as well, uh, Eileen mentioned it in the news that the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development's Working Group on a Bribery has sent a letter to the Prime Minister. The international economic group that oversees a global anti-bribery convention says it's concerned that he interfered mm. in a criminal prosecution, in the criminal prosecution against, against SNC. It's notified the Prime Minister that it's keeping a close eye on investigations by the House of Commons Justice Committee and the Federal Ethics Commissioner. So, hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I don't think that the story is quite done yet. Oh, it's definitely not done. <laughs> it, it is interesting, though. One of the first conversations we had about this topic with a guest was with an ethics professor from the University yes. of Manitoba. Yep. And he took both of us quite by surprise with his attitude. And really, we thought an ethics professor is going to talk about unethical acts, which I thought at the time, and still to great extent feel that the Prime Minister's actions were unethical. But he took an opposite approach, which I'm understanding more and more as, as the days continue. He, in a nutshell, said that the Prime Minister had a reason for doing what he did. The problem was he didn't tell the truth about why he was doing what he did. And, yeah, in the first place. Right. He should have just owned it from the beginning and said, yes, I put a lot of pressure on them because I'm the Prime Minister and this company is important to my province of my riding and you know as much as you can argue and I, I'll be right beside you arguing the same thing that there should be that same emphasis placed on the oil industry out here in Alberta um, that argument aside I, I'm starting to see exactly what the University of Manitoba professor was saying just to, just to own it just say I thought we were going to lose 9,000 jobs I didn't want that to happen well, I think the other part, though, too, is yeah, I think there's a lot of folks that still think, okay, the, the 9,000 jobs is part of it, but it's it's also his riding. Yeah, well, you not know, the fact that the 9,000... You know, saving I, you know, his butt there, too. Talk about anecdotal. The 9,000 is such an inflated number when the actual number of employees in Quebec for it's SNC 3, is... 3,000. Yeah, less than, just slightly less than 3,000. And the fact that 
you know, yeah, maybe the senior management will lose their jobs. Honestly, who cares? Yeah. They're the ones who committed the crime. And as many other people say, you know what, if it's uh, not SNC-Lavaland doing the, the right. work, there's It'll another be company else. out there doing it. Santec so. or somebody else, yeah. So, you know, yeah, there you go on on uh, that one. Uh, it's 3.15, interesting uh, today, as we well, we talked with Jen Crosby earlier. I know Len Rhodes uh, was on uh, with Ryan, Ryan Jesperson yeah. this morning because you know we we've heard this, you, you know about it. He's the UCB candidate candidate in Edmonton uh, Meadows, and he was put in there by Jason Kenney. And and under the rules of the party, They're they can uh, put four That's people right. in, you know, in four different places. They can Kenny, select. Yep. Kenny has said that uh, Len uh, Rhodes would be the only one, but there's a, a lot of controversy going on out there right now because uh, there were three candidates out there who had spent a lot of time in in uh, Edmonton Meadows. Yeah, working and on this campaign. especially one of them, Aaron Dupe, uh, uh, Singh Sandhu. Um, and uh, he's obviously very upset and very disappointed. Spent a lot of time getting people to sign up, that sort of thing. But Len was on with Ryan this morning and says um, he he understands that that, that decision uh, that Kenny made to put him in there must be frustrating to the other to the other candidates. Honestly, I have a lot of empathy for all three because I know they worked hard. And it's probably uh, disappointing and some, somewhat of a shock when you're told that uh, your efforts are uh, going to be put to the side for someone else to come in in the riding. However... So far, two of the three have really shown team spirit. It's about the party first. That was Len Rhodes. Uh, a rally was held last night with residents in Edmonton Meadows to protest that uh, decision. Uh, Aaron Dupe Singh Sandhu was at the event, and again, he spoke about his disappointment. Um, some people upset saying, okay, well, Rhodes lives in St. Albert, <laughs> so how is he going to mm-hmm. be able to... You know, represent Edmonton Meadows. The reality is, though, that's not uncommon. No, it happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time, and and here's Len. Uh, Look, uh, representing the Edmonton Eskimos, I had everything red here north to uh, the most northern tip of Alberta. I understand the issues with Edmontonians, and I'm proud to serve. I think I'm a great candidate because I can get things done. I have a lot of experience on the business side, the community side. I'm a huge ambassador, and I've proven to be able to get things done. So we'll see what uh, happens. I know uh, Aaron Dip uh, was on with uh, Ryan this morning, and a lot of people saying, "Hey, run as an independent. You have obviously it looks sure. like you have some support there. You've got some financial backing. Go for it." It'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, just given the various controversies that have surrounded Kenny and his candidates mm-hmm. and the allegations of, you know, it, you know, I, I don't know the right word for it without getting sued, allegations uh, that, you know, certain elections were not fair or whatever, certain nominations, I'm surprised that he would do this one. I mean, you know, Len Rhodes is a great candidate. There's no question about it. He's a good guy, and I'm sure he'd do a great job. But why they picked a riding where the individual was, mm-hmm. to all accounts, hugely popular, mm-hmm. had done a lot of work to get his campaign together, and you know had the machinery in in motion. I, I mm-hmm. it just seems like man, I, I don't know that I would, I don't I don't know that I would want to shed more light if I was Jason Kenney on another what might what some people may consider inappropriate candidate. I, I don't mean lens inappropriate. I just mean. You know, he's been in so much. That's the biggest press. If you look at the signs that are coming out for the campaign, they don't have Jason Kenney's name on them. Mm-hmm. It's the, and it's, I was going to say it's the weirdest thing. It's not weird at all. I think, although I believe Jason Kenney will probably get elected premier of the province in this next election, I feel like 
the strength that he brought at the beginning of all of this has become one of the weaknesses for the UCP, that people are attacking Kenny and and are convincing people that Kenny may not be the right person for the job. Well, I'm not, are, are they convincing people or are they just putting know. out the information and saying, okay, you guys can make up your own mind on this one, but here, this is what's happening. Take mm-hmm. a look and make your own choice up. Well, here's where it gets interesting for me. So when we had Rachel Notley in and we were talking, and one of the questions we asked was that this will be the first time that you enter into an election actually defending your Uh own record, which is something the NDP have never had to Uh do before. Um, So it's a different kind of campaign. And you're an easier target when you've been in power because everything you've done is there to be seen. So that's the advantage of going in as not the incumbent. But somehow the UCP have lost that or are losing that advantage. It's eroding with all these controversies about how they're mm-hmm. nominating their candidates. And and so rather than look at what they've done, because they haven't done anything, or rather look at, you know, rather than looking at what they haven't done, which again, they haven't done anything, done anything they're looking instead about how they operate. Mm-hmm. And that's the story. Yeah. Right, that it, that I mean, it doesn't seem right, and it, when you start to see that ground, that that grassroot groundswell of of people starting to say, okay, no, this is this is mm-hmm. starting to, okay, we can deal with this, we can deal with this, but others people now saying, okay, more and more and more is right. building up, just makes you want to take a closer look, and um, yeah, you know. Yeah, how, how are you? How are you going to vote? Come, you know, the end of April or or May, whenever it is. Are are you holding your nose and signing a ballot some way, or, or are you fairly confident in what you're in what you're signing off on? It feels to me like this province is going to do exactly what it did four years ago, mm, which is vote so? against a party instead of for one. It feels like the last time we've talked about this gazillion yep. times over the years. Well, it, everyone was so fed up with the establishment, right. all that house. sort of stuff. That's right. And you know, they've referred to the NDP as the accidental government. Mm-hmm. Well, is the UCP going to be the accidental government then? Are we saying, you know, you're angry at the minimum wage and you're angry at this and that, and so I'm going to vote these guys out. But is that the best way to vote, <laughs> right? Or And I'm not encouraging you to vote. Vote your conscience. And I can tell you, as decided as I usually am, I am undecided mm-hmm. at this moment in time. I... Uh, <sighs> I, like I said, I wish it would. I wish it was like the NHL All Star game. I really do. Like I wish you could pick the MLAs you, you like make, and make a team up and make a, a team out of the, <laughs> them. Just a reminder on the text line. Mm-hmm. No need to be swearing. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Hi, Edith. Hi. How are you? Good. What's going on? I, I'm hoping that somebody. Does, okay, I'm 80 years old, and a lot of my friends are feeling the same way about this. Uh, Everybody's on the NDP. You know what? When you think that they get 40 bucks a barrel and the PCs at over $100 a barrel, built no new, ho- uh, no new hospitals, no new schools. Mm-hmm. Can somebody get some more information to when the last hospital was built? And, yeah, she's, having, she's trying to get things done, and she doesn't have the same income to work with, and the PCs never did anything when they were in. And I always voted PC, but I will not be doing it this year. Hmm. And I can tell you a lot of people in my age group are feeling the same way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You can say whatever you want. Well, yeah. and you know, that, that that is a really good point, Edith. Thanks for the phone call. But we've talked about this, too. I mean, when you're, when, you know, a barrel of oil is 40 bucks compared to 100 mm-hmm. and yeah. whatever, it's... Uh, there's a big, there's a big well, difference And do you know what I notice as well, and perhaps you notice, and to some extent I'm talking to you as well, Edith. Mm-hmm. We tend to surround ourselves, um, our circle of friends, our social media people, 
we tend to surround ourselves with peop- with like-minded people. So it's easy, no matter what, to feel like everybody feels a certain way. If you look at our text line right now, there are people who are absolutely swearing, we're crazy, yep. there's no doubt, the UCP are coming in in a majority. There's others that. like you who are saying, uh, not so fast. Like We might not be vocal about it, but we don't yep. support bringing the UCP back. People are... People always assume that, you know, it's like a household. If your spouse and your kids all agree, you're like, well, there it is, 100% agreement, but that's a single household. But this is a whole bunch of women that worked in oil field all their lives. Yeah. We still get together, this is 30 years, a businesswoman within that club. We get together at each other's houses every single month. And we are all older, but we've been successful businesswomen, and we're not a bunch of nuts. No, no. (laughs) And then, and the other thing I, I don't like about him, I mean, when he was trying to stop the place where people go for abortions, people don't go for an abortion for for controlling. They don't, if they don't have support from a family, and I had a daughter that was pregnant when she was single, and I told her what options are actually out there, but I won't tell you what to do, but I will tell you I'll be there to support you and mm-hmm. keep that child. He's now 34 years old. Uh, people don't just, Hey, I'm going to have an abortion for no reason. But if they don't have a support system, what are they going to do? And I don't believe that should be a political thing. So I have to ask, just out of pure curiosity, and we're up against the clock here, you've decided who you're not voting for. Have you decided, with the, you don't have to tell us who you are voting for? Well, I always thought I might like Mandel. He was, a good, uh, he was good in the city, but I haven't heard much of what he plans on doing. And that's why I'm undecided as well. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you shouldn't be putting down the other party, like Jason Kenney does with the NDP all the time. Yeah, although the NDP well, the NDP do it too. It so too, yeah, yeah, they're all doing it pretty yeah. much the same. You can tell it's uh, time for an election. Edith, really appreciate you <laughs> yep. taking the time to call. Okay, I listen to you guys a lot and to Ryan. Oh well, thank, well, thank you, you so much, Edith. That. Take and care. And I now. have phoned him before too. And actually, the, I don't remember what it was. And the, apparently, at the time, I was not the only one calling in about that. Okay. Hmm. Well. Anyway, you guys keep doing what you're doing, but somebody needs to somebody needs to research when the last hospital was built. Thank you, Edith. We I'm, will I'm take care that. now. Okay, thanks. Bye bye. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.